0: Investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends, and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions Best Of Summer Series. While we're away enjoying our break, we thought we'd share with you our three most popular episodes so far, receiving the highest number of downloads. Starting with number three is our episode that looked at getting the most for your property investment. I was joined in this episode by Jordan Telfer to discuss the balance between over and under capitalizing. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 26 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So I'm joined again today by Jordan Telfer, and we're continuing on our second part to our three-part series on the uh, investment-grade apartment market. Last week, as you'll be aware, we uh, spoke about the uh, the state of the market and how things had been progressing over the past 8 to 10 years and what we were expecting going forward. This week, we wanted to look at undercapitalised versus overcapitalised. And obviously, you'd probably prefer not to sit in either of those categories and make sure you're maximising your property. Welcome, Jordan. Thanks, Jared. Okay, so what I thought we'd do to start with is... Um, give you a bit of an overview as to what overcapitalised versus undercapitalised. Most people are probably aware and are very mindful of not overcapitalising their properties. So when we talk about overcapitalised, um, we talk about spending more on a property uh, in terms of the improvements um, than it would actually add value uh, to that property. Versus undercapitalised, which is clearly the opposite, and this is where the property um, or perhaps site is not maximised to its potential. So this could be through a lack of building on a larger or stronger valued site, Uh, and a good example of that is Art Deco Apartments, where you might find there's only four apartments on a site that's 1,000 square metres, and obviously that site could be far better maximised than that, but that's what was suited at the time or for what we're more specifically going to be discussing um, is more individual apartments. It's where the improvements have perhaps been let go and not improved enough over time, um, and the capital value is minimised, and same, same with the rental side of things, by not imp- making the improvements. Um, agree with all that, Jordan? Yeah. Yep. All right. So, let's have a look at, um, at, at both of these avenues and, and and where th- uh, issues develop. Um, we've got a few case studies and things to, uh, to go over. You tend to find most people um, will get into the undercapitalised scenario because of a fear of overcapitalising. Um, and so by, by nature of that, it's, well, I don't really want to spend too much money on my property, and all of a sudden it just drops and drops and drops, and then we're left with a property that's not getting um, the rental return that it should be and it's not achieving the, the capital value. And that's probably emphasised even more in the current market, You'd agree with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, when there's significant choice for people um, and also the new apartment market um, has created an increased expectation as to what a modern standard of comfort is for people. And if we compare that to those Older style apartments, again, to define anything from Art Deco's 1930s through to late 60s, early 70s, expectations have changed. Yeah. And it's very common now for those apartments, those 50-year-old apartments to have fallen into um, a state of undercapitalisation. The market just won't accept kitchens and bathrooms that are now 50 years old. Um, people have been a little bit spoilt for choice with the accommodation that new apartments provide. And those expectations have flowed through to the more established sector of the market.
0: And it's always been a case, I guess, with, within the apartment market, or with, from not just the apartments really, but um, from a tenancy perspective. Tenants have always been farm, and I should say, use the correct terminology these days, being renters rather than tenants, but I'm, old habits die hard. Um, but t- uh, renters have always found and had a focus on improvements. Yep. Um, kitchens, bathrooms, that type of thing. The location's obviously important but um positions in block that type of thing are not necessarily the main focus from a renter's point of view whereas from a, a capital appreciation side of things it's it's very important mm. um but they've always had a well the kitchen needs to be there it needs to have a dishwasher it needs to have the air conditioning those sorts of things um and so but i think it's gone next level now hasn't it
1: yeah well it was interesting 20 odd years ago um it, it, even though the it might have had an original fit-out and at that stage it was a 30-year-old um, fit-out, I suppose, from an early 1970s, say, the expectation was the bedrooms had to have built-in robes. Yeah. Beyond that, things like internal laundry facilities, heating, cooling, um, was, was, yeah, I'd like to have it, but it wasn't a deal-breaker. Yeah. Whereas now, fast forward 20 years and again, because of what the new apartments have brought to the market and the increased expectations as to what constitutes a reasonable standard of accommodation, well, it's now increasingly internal laundry facilities, no longer the communal laundry. That's pretty common, particularly with the older style Art Decos. Um, Heating and cooling, well, in the last 12 months, that's become enshrined as a requirement. Mm. In any case, in the living rooms, it has to be heating. Um, And, uh, yeah, other such features... Um, that that um, have lifted the standard and expectation to a point beyond what a lot of people are offering to the rental market, particularly.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's have a look at uh, undercapitalised versus overcapitalised, and some examples, and, and where properties fall short. So. From an undercapitalised perspective, I guess one of the the risks there is um, obviously increased maintenance costs and you're going to have constant requirements, upgrades, and um, a renter making not unreasonable requests to upgrade different elements of the property. And rather than that being once every so often, it's going to be on a a semi, if not regular basis. And that can drive people insane. Um, Absolutely. And that's things, I mean, it just could be like, a leaking tap it could be um, faulty wiring it could those sorts of things but it can just be never-ending death by a thousand cuts yeah. almost yeah um, so that's that's one great frustration obviously one a, a significant one is reduced rent in terms of dollar value um, and that's a that's a concern um, because you you obviously want to maximise all income possible, uh, and that's a big one at the moment because as you said before, renters do have a lot of choice in that apartment space, um, and if you're not maximising your property, you're going to suffer the consequences. Yep. Uh, and that I guess then leads on to loss of rent, not just on a dollar value, but also on a vacancy period perspective because it will take a lot longer to um, to find the find a renter if you're not. Um, presenting the property and giving them what they really need.
1: Meeting market expectations. Correct. Yeah,
0: exactly yeah. right. Um, and then we, which then obviously leads to um, the, the sale value or the capital value, we should say. Um, and we've noticed this a lot in recent times um, and, and COVID's partly driven this, but the, um, the marketability of a property from a resale perspective, particularly with how difficult it is in the current market to um, to get tradesmen in the first place, but also the cost of building works has gone up significantly as well during COVID times. Um, and buyer expectations, they there's not the same level of appetite to have a renovator's delight, so to speak. Um, people expect and want to have something that they can either move straight into themselves or put a renter straight in themselves. Yeah,
1: for sure. Spending the money sometimes it's, it's not a case of, well, what I spend on this property, particularly with the focus on turning it over onto the resale market, um, it's not a case of, well, I spend this, I want to get that back and more. In some cases, I need to spend that just to bring buyers to the door mm. and have a marketable property. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so,
0: And that goes to that point, whereas normally there's and in previous times um, outside of COVID in recent, recent times, there's always been a market for someone that wants to add value, whether it's a builder looking for a short term project, whether it's a, a first home buyer who just wants to be able to put their own touches to a property Um we're just finding that in the current climate, there's not that same demand for an undervalued for a, sorry for a, um, a property that hasn't been improved. I think um, a lot of that is to do with the costs and the difficulties, but it's also partly to do with a lot of first home buyers look at things a little bit differently, and, and rather than being ab- able to add value um, on significant changes to the property, they potentially look at adding value or putting their own touches to a property by the furnishing of it. Yeah, um, fittings window furnishings yeah. um and then obviously the furniture that they use themselves mm-hmm. couches and putting and that's how they they create their own flair i guess yeah. to um to to present the property how they would like yeah. um and i guess so to, to bring in some practical examples here we've got a um of, of there's a an apartment that i've been speaking with someone about in recent times um out in uh in hawthorne and it's yeah. a uh, it's a two-bedroom apartment <coughs> and it's uh, whether or not this apartment should be renovated or not? Now it's in fairly original condition. It's in a very good street, um, one of the best around Hawthorne, and it's um, it's not been renovated since since construction. It's been reasonably well maintained. It's not as though it's in poor condition. It's been reasonably well maintained, but it's fairly original, um, a fairly original block. So it's it, we had the discussion around well what what should be done, um, consideration as to whether to sell it, whether to hold it, um, and what what would be done in in those terms and either way my advice has been it needs to be have some money spent on it's been retained for a period of time um but it's at the point where some money needs to be spent in order to maximize the rental return but also to um to maximize the the capital values if it's to be sold now whether it's to be sold down the track and there's any number of benefits in doing that obviously to maximize the the rental return and the capital value but also there's depreciation benefits that can Mm. be claimed there's um whether or not it fits into the two categories of capital improvements or whether it's maintenance, um, and, and obviously an accountant can advise as to how that needs to be claimed depending upon the work that's done. But I think um, to in order we've had some some rough quotes and things done on this property, and we think it would be around fifty thousand dollars, Jordan, mm. to, um, yeah. to renovate a, a two bedroom, and that's to do the proper. That's not just to do it half baked. That's new kitchen, new bathrooms, split system air conditioners, window furnishings, all that sort of stuff.
1: But importantly. Um, to the level that the local market expects yeah not under not going cheap for the sake of being cheap but not um, overshooting and spending more than what is necessary to appeal to the desires of that local submarket it's yeah. very important
0: yeah and so and I think we've looked at it from a uh, a, um, a perspective of well what would it be worth um What's it worth now without doing the work? What's it worth on completion? I think it's probably worth around 700000 in its current state. Um, but again, it almost comes back a bit to what you said before about, well, would there be a market for it? And I think it would be very difficult to sell in its current condition, not because it's not worth something, but just because most of the market for that space at the moment um, has an expectation of having a, a completed product um, and a renovated product. Um, but if it was done, um, it would be worth in excess of $800,000 comfortably. Um, so if that's if that's the case, um, it makes sense to mm. do that work. You're not. There's no risk of overcapitalising something like that. And, if, and in fact, it's more a case of it's got to be done to bring it up to market expectations. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's self evident that it is undercapitalized at the moment.
0: Correct. Yeah. So this is that's a good example of an undercapitalised. Um, and you mentioned before about um, being at um, market expectations it's also really important when you do these sorts of works um, whether you do them or how you do them to understand what the market expects and that's not just from a capital value point of view it's also from a, a rental point of view as well and we had a really interesting one that we looked at and it wasn't one of our clients properties it was just a property that was for sale um, in recent times and it was in Armadale, two-bedroom apartment in Armadale, in a really good block um, big good-sized apartments 1950s and this apartment was—I loved it. Mm. It was—it um, was your classic retro, hadn't been renovated but had been uh, maintained me- well. Oh, meticulous! Yeah. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So it had a real retro flair to it, um, and it sat there in Armadale, yeah. and it sat there, and it sat there, and it couldn't be sold. Um, well, we, it did in the end, but it was well below what it should have been worth. The yeah. interesting thing I'd find is if you picked that block up, and we all know you can't do that, but if you picked this fifties block up. Um, and put it into Brunswick there would have been a lineup from a rental but also from a capital value perspective yeah. halfway down the block yeah. of people wanting to buy it because in that market there would be an absolute desire for that retrofit out yeah. however far more conservative in Armidale um, and the the demand is just not there different expectations yeah we, we quite often use the example which is a bit more crude but um If you're looking at a house in Fitzroy and you're three or four doors away from a pub, that's seen as an absolute bonus and you would love it. If you find that and you took that into an eastern suburban Hawthorne, for example, it would be, no, no, we don't want the noise. We don't want to be that close. Understand your market and what's expected and what's not. Um, It's really important. So we then go to, I guess, overcapitalised. So do you want to give some examples of how – and it's a lot harder. We were were talking about earlier – to overcapitalize yep. in the apartment market, but you can still do it. Yeah, and to that um,
1: to that point, that you need to understand what the local market expects. So, for instance, you could spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars on kitchen appliances easily, but does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Is that going to add that value and more? Is it going to get you that extra $50, $60, 70 dollars a week? Probably not. Not any more than a good, good standard, but um, lower, you know, lower priced um, suite of appliances would do. Yeah. So, so if you're in a, if you're in
0: a, a penthouse, an older style penthouse type apartment, um, and by doing the renovation, you're going to be pitching your property at a downsizer or Um, someone with a a greater budget, then you could probably justify it. But if you're in a um, a, a, a more entry-level two-bedroom apartment in that market and it's more likely to be purchased by an investor or a first home buyer, as an example, then that's not going to have that expectation, is it?
1: The other element, too, is on structural changes. Yeah. Um, Too often people look at um, significantly changing the floor plan of an apartment. Sometimes that makes sense, and I refer back to our earlier podcast about a good renovation, and it wasn't structural, but a good renovation converting that Rockley Road apartment from a a one-and-a-half bedroom, uh, sorry, bathroom, into a two-bathroom, a genuine two-bathroom. That was smart, Mm. Uh, but it didn't require the removal of any um, significant removal of any walls. but. sometimes people look to remove walls between kitchens and living rooms. Well, I've, I've got another good up.
0: example there. I remember a few years ago there was a, a two-bedroom apartment um, that had been renovated and changed around and um, it was only a small two-bedroom apartment anyway but the I saw it sell as an unrenovated two-bedroom and then as you tend to see with some the flipping that goes on, it came back on the market 18 months, two years later. And instead of being a small two-bedroom, it was now a three-bedroom apartment. And the kitchen, which was as typical with the 50s, 60s areas, they're all separate rooms and it's four rooms. You've got two bedrooms, five rooms, two bedrooms, a lounge room, a kitchen, and a bathroom. And the kitchen had been removed and had been um, converted to a third bedroom. And the the kitchen itself had been put in as a, a little L shape in the corner of the lounge room. So now we've got this tiny kitchen lounge room with three bedrooms um, and it's just a huge overcapitalisation because you're, you're trying to, it's the, the apartment becomes very unbalanced um, and there's no demand and for those that do want a three bedroom apartment, they're not going to be prepared to, to cop that living zone um, and that's again from a renter as well as from a, um, a resale perspective. So it's all well and good to, to do the work but you've got to be smart about how you do the work. Yeah
1: sometimes in an extreme example it's not a case of overcapitalising; it's a case of devaluing
0: correct the property and that's probably what that one's done yeah because you've spent all that money and you have actually devalued the property because there's not a market for a three-bedroom house with a, um undersized living space yeah. um, they'll probably still only pay the two-bedroom rate for it yeah. um and maybe less yeah um all right. Well, that's probably um, the bulk of what we were we were going to discuss. I mean, we, we've, it probably leads us into our next podcast. So in terms of a bit of a tease, we'll be looking next at, um, at actually adding value. So how you do it, what to do, where you can avoid work, um, and what is the best way to add value? Yeah. I'm looking forward to this too, because it's
1: a bit of a hobby horse of mine. Um, and again, comparing the... New apartments with the older, I think, what those who hold older style apartments don't appreciate um, sometimes the the benefits that they provide. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, they tend to be smaller blocks, and again, if we're talking 1930s through to 1970s, they're smaller blocks than yeah. what the medium and high density provide, and people do value that. Um, you oftentimes have better aspects than the new apartments. Um, You've got so
0: greater control in your or greater say in your owners corporation too. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get more done. Mm. Um, the residential amenity tends to be greater yeah they're not built on main roads yeah uh, they were traditionally in inside streets yep. nice quiet residential streets um garden surrounds um which is again a big bugbear of mine when some nice gardens are let go yeah and that's you you you, you know you're ruining one of the key aspects of, the key small points block. of differentiation of the small block yep. um and they're often quite times quieter so there are inherent Advantages to these properties that just need a little bit of a push along and a maintenance to... To to maximise things. To maximise and provide that true point of differentiation to what the new apartments do provide in terms of some of their advantages and that is the internal uh, conditions. So this is where um, use what you've got with the established apartments, use the advantage, take advantage and maximise those advantages and then nullify the... When trying to appeal to the rental market or on the resale market, try to nullify some of the advantages that the new apartments provide and that is in the internal condition and that can be done and so that forms the basis of of our next podcast around what to do, what to do sensibly, how to go about
0: it. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks everyone for, uh, for joining us for episode 26 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Um, as always, feel free to share the podcast amongst family and friends. Um, and if you would like further information on how to make rewarding property decisions, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.